everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson. We get together every Thursday morning at 11 for a live Coffee with Casey. Um, forgive me for uh, this bandage here. You know, I cut myself shaving, and I didn't realize there was an artery in your face because it will not stop bleeding. I think I've lost a couple pints by now. So um, should I pass out during the meeting, somebody please call 911 if anybody's watching. Um, you know, uh, one thing I realized this week was I asked Julie, you know, we really should get this on podcast and Julie is way ahead of me. She's got the whole podcast. All these shows are on podcast. You can, uh, get us on Apple, um, Spotify, anywhere, uh, that you get a uh, podcast, you can go ahead and pull down our podcast and it has every week our updates as we go through. So if you want to catch up, you're driving in your car and you want to catch up on any of our shows, please listen in. Uh, or you don't have to be on Facebook. You can just catch them on, on Spotify. So go to caseysampson.com slash podcast. And uh, Julie aptly named them a pod of Coffee with Casey. So I think that's pretty funny. All right. So here we go. Um, obviously, the market is changing. Um, you know, we couldn't keep a house on the market till, um, till the open house. And now we have five or six that have been on the market for a good two, three weeks. So, you know, there's a different strategy when a market slows down, it's not heating up, people aren't jumping in, you know, right away. They're not putting in multiple contracts. Um, there's a different strategy you have to have. So we're gonna talk about that today, but we're also gonna talk about something that's very, very important. Two things. One, you know, kids, 20-something, 30-somethings who are trying to find a house are really struggling because normally they would go in financing with no money down or 5% down, um, which is fine in, in most markets. But when there's a demand for housing and they're really struggling to get going, um, you know, that contract's not going to be accepted. VA contracts are rarely going to get accepted and low money down contracts are going to be rarely accepted because of appraisal issues. And, and basically if there's five contracts and four of them have 20% down and one of them has a 5% down or 3% down, the 3% down is thrown out and you just work on the 20% down. As a listing agent, we're looking for 20% down. Um, now, so that comes to mind where the challenge is, you know, how do you win in a multi-contract situation? You know, how can you compete at that level? Um, and the answer is you can partner up with your parents and do what's called a family shared equity. Now, family shared equity um, does a lot of things, but here's how it works. The parents or grandparents can put up 20% down for the down payment. Now the lending rules will allow this and parents can either pull it out of their IRA, borrow from their IRA or retirement account, but you got to talk to your financial planner about that, but they can find that source for 20% down. This is the kids don't want to ask for it. They don't want to think like it's charity or anything like this is not charity. This is a business deal. It's a business transaction. It has benefits for both the parents and the, uh, and the kids. So the parent puts up 20% down. The kid makes the mortgage payments um, or they may contribute some to the down payment. 
maybe they're putting up five and the parent is putting on 15, but whatever, you're trying to get to that 20% down marker. And the reason you do that is now you could compete in today's market for houses. Now you can win those contracts that you would normally use. Now you can get the best financing available. I mean, interest rates when you only put down 5% are higher. Plus there's a thing called private mortgage insurance, a premium. So that is throwing money away. The alternative right now is to keep renting. And as all parents and, and everyone knows, that is throwing money out the window. So we don't want to throw money out the window. We want to get them into a house. We want to get them started in their, on the next phase of their life. We want them to start building families so they can stay close to us. Hello, George. How are you doing, buddy? Get out. Go on. So, you know, so all of these benefits can be accomplished by parents coming up with 15 to 20% down, kid putting up the balance if they need to, but make the mortgage payments. And then you get, the kids get all the tax benefits. They get the lowest possible interest rates. They have no PMI. They win contracts, they get houses. What's the benefit for the parent? Their kid gets started on the next level. He gets to put his roots, they get to put their roots down. They get to start their families. And it may come from either family, either the wife's family, husband's family, husband, husband, family, it doesn't matter. So, you know, now, how do we treat this shared equity? And by the way, the parents are on the title if they're involved in this. They are on the title of the property, but not on the debt, okay? They don't have to qualify for anything. The kid is gonna qualify for the payments. So what happens when the house sells? Well, there's a couple different ways you can do this. One, the parent can get their down payment back. Just give me my money back. Or give me my money back, but plus the same interest I was getting in a bank account, two, 3%. Or they can get a percentage of the equity. I put up the down payment, you made the mortgage payment. Uh, we split the equity uh, over and above what we bought it for. Now that is a shared equity that I put a lot of them together back in the 80s when I was an investor and a homeowner and they would split the equity 50-50. But, you know, so they can split the equity, you know, 10 to 90, 50-50, however they want to do it, or, or they can gift that money to the kids and just say, hey, this is a part of your future inheritance and say, you know, at, at that time, you've already got a, a, a big number of, uh, for your inheritance. So, so, you know, you can do that a, a couple different ways, but, but the shared equity is a business transaction between the kids and the adults. It is us against them. It is the family against the market. You know, you're competing against other buyers, uh, grandparents. Uh, you know, let me tell you something. Most of the people we're selling houses, they're moving. Where are you moving to? I'm moving to Arkansas. Why are you moving to Arkansas? That's where my grandkids are. I mean, Bernie Kagan, God love him, Bernie moved to uh, Denver. Denver couldn't, Bernie couldn't find Denver on a map, but that's where his grandkids are. And now that's where Bernie is. So, you know, if you're looking to have your kids put down roots in this area or wherever they are, I mean, they can be out there and, and you can still do this shared equity. But this is the true benefit of a family working together if you are able, um, you know, not all families are capable of doing this. And, and if they're not, it is what it is. You, you know, there's other strategies. But here's another strategy, okay? And this is keeping the family, uh, keeping the house in the family. I just was looking at Facebook 
And somebody from uh, Vienna came in and said, um, he said, oh, I just drove by Kingsley. My house is still there. So many great memories, roller skating and you know bikes and all this stuff. Well, if you wanna keep that house in the family, grandma and grandpa get into their 80s, get into their 90s. It's time for them to move to someplace, assisted living maybe. And you don't wanna keep that house in the family. So it's very easy for grandma or grandpa to sell to one of the grandkids or, or their kids or, or somebody they know, somebody that, that are friends, somebody that helped them take care of their, um, their house. They can sell it to somebody in their circle, okay? Now, I can't tell you the comfort level this puts in uh, an elderly grandparent to know that grandson, granddaughter, um, friend, uh, you know, somebody they know is taking over that house and it's not going to the builder's wrecking ball. So there is a good comfort level in that. And the transaction is very simple. Whoever's gonna come in and buy the house from grandma, grandpa, they put up a down payment, 30, 50, you know, whatever, $1,000. This gives grandma and grandpa cash put in the bank and this offsets their expenses that they're gonna need with their assisted living. Then during this period, the kid is paying interest of two, 3% to grandma every month. Plus now, so let me give you a quick example. One that we just did, $600,000 house. Kid puts up three, uh, 30,000, uh, grandma holds $570,000 in a first trust at two and a half percent. So that really only comes to a payment of maybe 13, $1,400 a month. When you think about what's the interest on uh, 2% on that, on that price. So in addition to the interest, the grandson is making a big capital contribution or pay down every month, um, which goes to grandma. So, you know, she's getting more income every month. Income she wasn't getting with the house just sitting there, but now she's getting income every month. For the grandson, the mortgage is getting paid down and then within two years, when you know funds get a little tight, she needs more money than, than what she's getting, then he can refinance the first trust of 570 minus what he's paid down. So let's just, let's call it 550. Now the home's worth 750 or 800. And now it'll be very easy for him to refinance, get favorable rates, and be able to own that house. So this is one way of keeping the family in the family, you know, keeping the, the house in the family, not coming under a wrecking ball, helping the kids out, helping the grandkids out. It helps grandma and grandpa out because they get income, they get money in the bank, they're getting interest on their money, um, and then they'll get a lump sum. But I will tell you that, you know, being in, and again, I've got experience with this and, and um, a, a lot, a lot. So in being with parents, all they want, grandparents, all they want is the comfort of knowing what's gonna happen after their transition, right? That, that they can be taken care of for the rest of their life. And after their transition, they know that the house is still in the family. The, part, you know, the place where you saw these grandkids come in at brand new, 
Now they're taking care of it at 30, 32, 33, 34 years old. And it will, and it will come on to see new kids coming into it. So there's a great comfort in keeping the house and the family. The, uh, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, I never thought about it until, you know, it was brought to me, but it's like, that's such a great idea. So, so this is a way for you to keep it in, keep it in the family. And for that person that, that was at, uh, at Kingsley, you know, people do are attached to their house. And now not all houses are, are, um, what do you want to say? Functionally 2021. So maybe it's got one bath, three bedrooms up. But after two or three years, when you refinance now, maybe instead of refinancing for 550, you refinance at 750, put a $200,000 addition on. Now you can retrofit this house to 2021 standards. Bigger kitchens, bigger bathrooms, more bathrooms, bigger bedrooms. So, you know, you refinance for 750, take 200, give it to the give it to Donnie Cook and have Donnie Cook put an addition on it for you. And then everybody's happy or more or, or take 300,000. I mean, for $300,000, you can turn uh, a salt box, little rambler into, into a very nice house. So <clears throat> anyways, those are some solutions, but for all you 30 somethings or late 20 somethings, if you're looking to buy a house, it's time we talk about family shared equities. Send them this broadcast, this podcast, give them a link to it. But, you know, parents want what's in the best interest of their kids. If they can do it, they want to make sure their kids aren't throwing money away on rent. They want to make sure kids aren't paying exorbitant interest rates and putting them behind. In most cases, they've spent a lot of money on their education. They've invested a lot in their children. They love their kids and they want to see them, you know, do very well and start their families. A lot of them want them to have their families right here where they live. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits to this kind of a, uh, this kind of a situation. So it's a win, win, win situation for everybody. Um, if you're gonna go family to family, in other words, kids are gonna buy grandma's house and you need to put all this together, then you would only pay, you know, a listing fee, not a listing and, and sale fee. So instead of paying on a $700,000 house, um, you know, $20,000, $30,000, you're paying $14,000. So, you know, you could put that together and, and that's done pretty easily. As far as the family shared equity is concerned, it's in writing. How are we gonna do this? It's a very simple document that, that, that is, is typed up. You know, how are the distribution of proceeds gonna be done? Who's gonna be on the title in most cases? cases that parents are on title with the kids. Kids are making uh, mortgage payments. Kids get 100% of that tax write-off. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's say that you are renting for $2,500. Okay, you're renting for 2,500 bucks. What can you afford to buy a house with? Well, you can basically afford a mortgage payment of $3,200 if you're paying $2,500 in rent. Why is that? Because if your payment of $3,200, a portion of that is <clears throat> a portion of that is interest and a portion of that is property taxes. So those are both tax deductible. So every month, instead of the government taking, let's say $2,500 out of your paycheck for taxes, you go to your HR department, 
you get a fill out a it's called a w4 form and you get more deductions and that means instead of taking out $2,500 a month, they're only taking out $1,800 a month. That's $700, that's your tax benefit. That goes to offset your mortgage payment. So you, if you rent for 2,500, you can afford 3,000 or $3,200 a month. And you've gotta understand that as you're doing that, you need to, um, you know, you can go to your HR, you can bring that money home every month. So you don't have to wait to the end of the year and get $7,000, back. You can bring it home every month. And that offsets your mortgage payment. The other way to help pay for this is have somebody else rent one of the rooms from you or rent the basement or whatever. So when, when grandma is the bank or the uh, grandpa is the bank, you, you qualify because you're their grandson or their granddaughter. Okay, you qualify. So if you want to rent a portion of that out, if you can't afford 2,500 or you know whatever per month, then rent a portion of that out. And I will guarantee you that the tax benefit plus the rent will bring your payment down to much less than it was if you were if you were renting a place. So you know it's a heck of a strategy. It's called our family shared equities. You can go to the Casey Sampson team or caseysampson.com. You can find family shared equities. Julie's done a beautiful page on it. You call us and we will put together, um, you know, a strategy for finding that perfect home. Now let's talk about buying a house. I got a few minutes. I've got, I've still got 10 minutes. So let's talk about buying a house, right? So when I sell a house, I tell sellers that you're going to get the maximum uh, profit price terms, best terms, first seven days. Everybody's competing, everybody's fighting. Before we put that on the market, we pay the $10,000 of, or $5,000 to get the paint looking correct, everything looking right, you know, so they're called cosmetic improvements to the house. We do the cosmetic improvements. Those improvements pay seven or 10 to one. If you invest $10,000, you're going to make $100,000. I, I got 50 examples of that. You put in $5,000, you're definitely getting back you know, $30,000, dollars $50,000, definitely. So if the strategy is put your house in really good 2021 shape, get it on the market, price it at the appraised value, and let everybody bid it up. And that strategy is a huge success, just a huge success for sellers. Buyers, they might pay too much for these houses because they're in a bidding situation. They fall in love with the house. They have to have it. They're willing, ah, what's another $50,000? Or what's another $150,000? So if I'm buying, and it is a time to buy because now it has slowed down, slowed down a little bit. Look for homes that have been on the market for a while. Look for homes that don't have the cosmetic improvements. Look for homes that don't have, I mean, when I walked into our house, our original house, I think it had navy blue on the walls. It had black countertops. It was awful. And so Carol and I were standing in the foyer and somebody walked in, took one look around and said, oh my gosh, this is the ugliest house I've ever seen. I looked at Carol and said, we'll take it. Why? It's just paint. I mean, it's just cosmetics. So 
we want to find a house that's been on the market for a while, possibly overpriced when they started, doesn't look that particularly good inside, but it's got good bones. Roof's been taken care of. HVAC units are good. New windows in. In other words, a kitchen's been done maybe, or a bathroom's been done. But maybe it just needed those capital, those cosmetic improvements to make it look appealing to the nine out of 10. So, you know, when we're selling, prepare the house, price it right, sell it in the first week. If you're buying, wait till 30 days. It's been on the market for 30 days. Get a house that has good bones, but the cosmetics are awful. So they overpriced it and have awful cosmetics. It's been sitting on the market. The difference is, and you always want, you know, in one case, the buyer is at the mercy of the seller, right? It's a great house, it's priced right. A lot of people love it. They're all fighting for it. Seller has all control. After 30 days, the buyer has total control. Ugly house, can't get anybody to offer, make any offers on it. That's the house you want. Look for a good neighborhood. Look for good schools, right? Look for good bones. Make sure that the roof is fine. I mean, roofs are expensive, all right? See, see what condition the roof is in, right? So um, if we're going to be talking buyers, which it is a time to buy, the market has definitely moved and it is a good time to go out and find your house. I mean, before 60, 70% of the houses were under contract, since one came on, I had multiple contracts. Now it's softened up a little bit. For the first time we have, I think five or six houses that average 20 days on market as opposed to five days on the market. So the market has changed in the last, you know, three or four weeks, right? We went from a crazy June to a slow July. And that is because everybody goes to the beach. Now, when they come back, will the mayhem be continue? I don't know. I have no idea. But I can tell you this, it's time to buy right now. If you don't have the down payment money, do the shared equity. Look to mom and dad, dads. If you don't want your house knocked down by a wrecking ball, then look to sell it to, to somebody in the family. Hold the paper. We can make that happen. It's very simple. We can make that happen. So if you don't have a down payment, then shared equity. If you do have the down payment, go out and buy a house. But when you buy our selling agents, so you've got Colby, Morgan, Kelly, Pat, Billy, Pan six buyer agents they all specialize in certain areas around you know northern virginia so you hook up with one of them you identify the strategy you go out you find your home but it is time to go ahead and buy your home all right i do feel over over time housing prices are going to keep going there's a lot of new tech jobs coming in there's a lot of people coming in from the west coast we are getting a good influx of people um, the business community is very sound so I do think it's time to make your buy. All right. My name is Casey Sampson. You can catch me at caseysampson.com or email casey at caseysampson.com or pick up the phone and give me a call, 703-508-2535. If you want to watch this podcast or you want to get our podcast that we've done in the past, you can go to caseysampson.com slash podcast. All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. We'll see you again next Thursday. Uh, if you have any questions on any of that, and, and I and I want to, I know that the 30-somethings usually don't watch this, but the 60 or 70-somethings do. So 
if your kid is thinking about buying a house, you might want to introduce this to him. CaseySampson.com, and then you'll see Family Shared Equity. All right, y'all have a good week. I'll see you next week. Bye now.